Let me invite you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And in our remaining time together, albeit short, we are going to look at characteristics of a godly mother. This is a very familiar story to, to all of us. And uh, I want to examine how there's a correlation to uh, us being able to share about our mission trip to New York City and about how you parents and church sort of ushered our children and youth and uh, adults into a mission field uh, for one week into New York City. And in our text this morning, we will see that Hannah didn't usher her son Samuel into the mission field for one week or even one year, but she, she prepared her son for ministry for his whole life. And so I thank you that uh, you've allowed us to share this morning a little bit about our mission trip, and I hope you're able to see the correlation there. I want to thank Corey Turner uh, for putting our slideshow together and Corey uh, was one of the ones that gave me a really hard time about my hairnet. They, they all gave me a hard time about my hairnet. And Corey proceeded to say, well, Kevin, if you wear your hairnet, I will pay attention more when you preach. <laughs> so, Corey, here's my hairnet. We're ready to go. Sort of makes me look like I have hair, right? <laughs> I'm not going to wear that. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> so um, I do, of course, want to uh, wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day. You know, I can't remember when it was, but I think one of my children at one time said, man, we have Mother's Day and we have Father's Day. When do we have Kids' Day? I'm like, well, that's the other 363 days of the year. There's this lady with her young daughter at the Walmart checkout line. And her daughter was just being a pill. I mean, she was reaching for stuff. You've been there. You know what it's like. They're screaming and they're yelling, let's go home, let's go home. And, and the mom kept on saying, Ellen, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to get home in a little while. Ellen, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to be home in a little while. And the cashier at the Walmart store said, Ma'am, I'm just so impressed with how patient you are with little Ellen. And the woman looked at her and said, Ma'am, I'm Ellen. We've been there, right? We've been in that grocery store line, right? I'm going to strangle you when you get home. You may not even make it home. I'm just glad I'm still here today. Mark Moore the other night during our deacons meeting, he, uh, he asked us to think about maybe something special that our moms used to do or our moms used to say to us and and I kept going back to my mom's favorite phrase, boy, you just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> now, there were, of course, other things that, that I remember about my mom. One of the things that's most indelible to me is 
when I would go to bed, I would pass my mom's room and look in her room, and she's out on her bed with the Bible open, and she's reading God's Word. But what's more impressive and what's more indelible to me than that is the very fact that every day in her life, I saw the living Word of God fleshed out in her love and in her sacrifice and in her patience and in the way that she loved her husband and in the way that she loved our family. It's an incredible thing to to look at Scripture and see powerful examples of what a godly mother looks like. And I'm sure that as you are thinking about your own mother today, you can think about times and and recall times as to how she was a godly example to you. So we thank God for our mothers today. We thank God for the example that they provided for us for our whole lives. But today as we look at this passage of Scripture I want us to see one mother in particular and how she gave us a godly example. And so, for the length of the reading of the text, I'm going to ask you to remain seated. I find it that you're able to maybe pay attention more instead of standing this morning as we're going to read the whole chapter. So, if you would follow along with me as we read 1 Samuel chapter 1. Starting in verse 1, says, There was a certain man of Aramathim Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, and Ephratite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant but you will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. 
Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to the house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due, and in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull. They brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I've lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Father, we come to you and thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that you add your blessing to the reading and to the hearing of it this morning. And that my thoughts and my words and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing unto you. That it would encourage your children this day, and challenge your children this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So in examining this text in the short time that we have remaining, I want us to look at the examples of a godly mother set before us in the life of Hannah. And the first thing that I want us to notice is this, is that Hannah did not give up despite her problems. Hannah did not give up despite her problems. It's obvious from the text that we see two problems. And the first problem that she had was that she was childless. She was barren. We all have problems. Our problems are different. Your problems are not like my problems. Our problems are all different. Hannah had the problem of barrenness. Our question is this morning is, what are we going to do with our problems? Are we going to give up midstream? Or are we going to keep pressing forward in the Lord? Are we going to let our problems make us bitter? Or are we going to let our problems make us better? 
Our problems can either spring, spring us toward a greater faith or they can drive us away from the Lord and defeat us much like the enemy would enjoy. I'm so thankful this morning that Hannah persevered through her problems. She did not give up. Her problem of barrenness was a big deal. It wasn't a small problem. And when we all have problems, we know that our problems are not small. There is no small problem that our God is not concerned about in our life. But Hannah's problem here was huge. She was childless. You see, it was a blessing for a Jewish family to have many children. We see in Psalm 127, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So we know it is a blessing from the Lord to have many children. And when a Jewish family had many children, they provided many hands that made for light work around the house. They helped provide protection as well when they grew older. My son said to me one time, he said, Dad, I know why you had me and Caroline. It's because we could do all your work. (laughs) Part of that's true. (laughs) But conversely, if you were childless and you were barren, it was seen that you were cursed of the Lord, that you were uh, afflicted by the Lord. And what's even more puzzling is that we learn in the Scriptures here that two times it says that who closed the womb of Hannah? It was the Lord who closed the womb of Hannah. You know, being childless in a Jewish family gave the right to the husband to divorce her wife. And being childless for 10 years, if you did not divorce your wife, gave the right to the husband to go find another wife so that he could have children with that wife. And in and through that, Hannah kept on pursuing the Lord as we see in Scripture time and time again. It says year after year after year, she went on and pursued the Lord. She simply could have just said, you know what? I give up. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of trying. I just give up. God, you have shut my womb. I'm walking out on you, and I'm walking out on my family, and I'm giving up. Moms, thank you today for not giving up, for persevering through your problems. Well, barrenness was not the only problem that Hannah had. Her other problem was Penina. Penina is just a, an ugly sounding name. <laughs> Penina. <laughs> I think that's what she did to Hannah. Penina, Penina. <laughs> but she was her adversary, and she came at Hannah all the time. It wasn't just a day, a week, a month. 
The scripture says that she went after Hannah time and time again, year after year, even on their way to worship the Lord at the tabernacle. We all have our adversaries. Can I say that this morning? If you are walking with the Lord and if you are seeking the Lord, we all have our adversaries. Matter of fact, Jesus promises us that. He says, if they persecuted me, guess what? They will persecute you. If they hated me, guess what? They will hate you. Hannah knew what it was like to be lied about. Hannah knew what it was like to be gossiped about. Hannah knew what it was like to be made fun of. But Hannah kept on going, kept on pursuing, kept on seeking year after year after year. God, I want to hear from you. I am not going to give up. Moms, I can't pretend to know all the problems that you face today. All I can say is thank you for not giving up. And if you're tempted, you're in midstream, you're facing a trial that's really hard right now. Don't give up. Keep on seeking. Keep on pursuing. Well, secondly, this morning, I believe Hannah provides a good example of motherhood because she places herself in a position to hear from the Lord. She places herself in a position to desire to hear from the Lord. And we see this in two places. Number one, she places herself physically in a position to hear from the Lord. How do we know this? Well, we know that the Scripture tells us that year after year, she went up to the tabernacle. And what is in the tabernacle? The tabernacle has the, the holy of holies. It has the Ark of the Covenant. And that is where the presence of the Lord was. And so year after year, she put her physical body in a place to where she could hear from the Lord. And it wasn't easy for Hannah to get there. And studying some maps that are in the in the Word, we see that, that her home uh, was about 15 to 20 miles away from Shiloh. And yes, it was uphill. So she had to work at getting her body in a position to be able to hear from the Lord in the temple and at her trek to the tabernacle. You know, there were two things that I knew for sure growing up. One of those was we were going to have pinto beans on Wednesday night. It was like religion. Man, mom started those things early in the morning, smelled them all day, and we had to eat them that night. I knew that for sure. But I also knew this, is that she was going to, and she was going to take her family to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night to get her children and to get herself physically in the position to hear from the Lord. I'm thankful that my mom did that. I'm thankful that Hannah provided that example for us in the Scripture. But not only do we see Hannah physically being in a position to go and to worship at the temple and to make that yearly track to the tabernacle, we see that she got her heart in a right position to hear from the Lord because we know now that that's what matters because we can come to church 
all we want. We can come to every Sunday school class that we want. We can come to every preaching service that we want. But if our heart is not right before the Lord and we're not positioned to hear him from our heart, he will not speak to us. The Bible says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear. You know what that means to me? That means to me that Hannah's heart was right before the Lord because she was right with him. Did she see? Do you see in the text how, how she addresses him? She goes, you are the Lord of hosts. And that simply means this. It means that the Lord is sovereign in all my afflictions. The Lord is powerful in all my afflictions. And he can choose to deliver me from these or he can choose to keep on keeping on doing what he does for his glory. But whatever the case, Lord, you are the Lord of hosts. You are sovereign in all of my problems. And I will continue to seek you. She got her heart in the right position before the Lord. Because we see three times in Scripture, she goes, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. And because she was the Lord's servant, and because she recognized that God Almighty was the Lord of hosts, she put herself in a right position with her husband. Never once in the Scriptures do we see Hannah blaming her husband for her problem. It's your fault. It's your fault. Never once do we see her in Scripture blaming God for her problems. And on top of that, we never see her in Scripture seeking revenge against her enemy. We never see her in Scripture trying to get back at Penina. She just kept a right relationship with God, and she kept a right relationship with people that put her heart in a position to hear from the Lord. And sometimes getting herself in that position was painful. We see from the scriptures that she was in the temple and Eli was looking at her and she was praying, but no words were coming out. Her mouth was just foreign words. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to a place where it's just hard to form words? You hurt so bad on the inside. It's just hard to form words. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is ever making intercession for us during those times. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful because I've been there. There have been times that I've not been able to, to form words. I just hurt so bad on the inside. I, did, I, was, I, was just, I was just groan. But God knew what I was going through. God knows what you're going through this morning. He knows your pain. He knows your problem. Keep seeking. Keep putting yourself in a position with your physical body and your heart to hear from God Almighty. You know, we could go on and on and on this morning talking about Hannah and about the examples that she provided for godly mothers. We could talk about how she vowed to give her best to the Lord. Man, that's a great example. We should do that. We could see in the scriptures how, how she weaned Samuel for the work of the Lord. And in studying for this passage of scripture, we see that weaned means so much more than just physical nourishment. It actually means you are preparing that child spiritually for the work of the ministry. That's what Hannah was doing. She was preparing her son for the work of the ministry. Moms, can I say something? Thank you so much for investing in your child to give them over 
to mission trips, to give them over to not just short-term mission trips, but summer-long mission trips, and to give them over to the work of the ministry, maybe for their whole life. And that's what you're actually praying for. I mean, we could talk about Hannah that way. We could talk about how she kept on with her commitment that once Samuel did come and she didn't retreat and say, you know what, nah, Lord, I'm second-guessing myself here. I want my son to myself. She didn't do that. She followed through on her commitment. You know, and it's tempting, you know, to make these illustrations the, the main point of the story this morning. It's tempting to make Hannah the hero because we do do draw some conclusions from this passage of Scripture that says, well, are we putting uh, our best before the Lord? Is the Lord truly number one in our life? Are we following through on our commitment to the Lord? See, these are all good and valid questions, and they are great applications from this Scripture. But the temptation here is that when we do all of that and we place all the emphasis on Hannah, we are making Hannah the hero of the Bible. So my last point in closing here this morning is to know and understand for all of us that Hannah is not the hero. The God of the Bible who said, I am. The God of the Bible who said, in the beginning there was light. Let there be light. He is the hero of the Bible. He is the beginning, he is the middle, and he is the end. He is the hero of the Bible. He is the hero of this story. Back in 2013 and 14, at the conclusion of the NBA season, they named Kevin Durant as the league's most valuable player. And in his acceptance speech, it went on for 30 minutes. He emotionally thanked all of those who had a hand in his life. His brothers, his friends, his teammates, and his coaches. And he went through one by one how they had influenced him and made a huge impact in his life so that he could become the NBA MVP one day. But the last person that he thanked was his mom. And he said, Mom, without you, obviously I wouldn't be here. Mom, you know what? You raised me and my brothers in a rough neighborhood. You sacrificed for me over and over again, time and time again. You sacrificed for me. And Mom, you even went to bed hungry so that we could have food to eat. Then he looked at his mom with tears in his eyes and he said, Mom, you are the real MVP. You are the real most valuable player. Church, can I profess something to you today? I love my mama. I love my mama. I love how she sacrificed for me how she washed my clothes, how she put dinner on the table, how she did all of these things to give her life for me. I love my mama. Church, can I profess something to you today? I love my wife. 
I see her every morning before the Lord with the Word of God out. She's sitting there taking notes, and she's praying, and she's studying. And two, I see that fleshed out in her life, the way she, she loves and she serves her family, how she sacrifices for her family. I love her dearly, and I wish her a very happy Mother's Day. But neither my mom or neither my wife can ever, ever be my MVP. Because can I tell you about my MVP? My MVP over 2,000 years ago wore a crown of thorns on his head. He sweat drops of blood for me. He was beaten and scourged on my behalf to absorb all of my pain, to absorb all of my punishment. Then they strapped a beam on him, a cross, and he, he carried that cross up to a skull-looking hill where soldiers, they took, they took, the guards took the nails and the spots and they drove them in his wrist and then they drove him in his feet. And then they hung him on a cross, suspended between heaven and earth, so that he might become sin for us. That is my MVP. That's what the Bible's about. God uses characters in the Bible to bring forth illustrations, and they're good illustrations. But let's not neglect the fact that Jesus is the subject. Jesus is the star. Jesus is the hero. Moms, I thank you. I thank you, moms, for allowing me to see in your lives that Jesus is your hero. Because I believe that there are things that you wouldn't do unless Jesus was your hero. I'm thankful this morning that you allow us to see that. I'm thankful this morning that you follow him. I'm thankful this morning that you have repented of your sin. I'm thankful that you are his disciple. Because listen, there is no one worthy of our worship and our praise other than King Jesus. He's the only one worth and worthy of our praise. This morning, my hope and my prayer is that you are a good example to your family and to your children, that you are a godly example to them. But moreover, I pray that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, if you're not... If you're not, he's knocking on your door. He's ready to come in. He's ready to be your Lord. He is ready to be your Savior. Will you answer him today? Mom's church, the invitation's this too. I am a Christian. I know the Lord He's the only one worthy of my praise. But man, there have been things that's been creeping into my life that's been robbing his praise. And I'm sorry. Today, you might just want to confess that before the Lord. 
Or you may just want to stand right where you are and just thank the Lord for his salvation and thank the Lord for your mom. But today is his day. Today is a day that we honor our moms, but this is the Lord's day.